hey, can you do all of this work for us for free? Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it, it's like like major brands sometimes that do that. But then afterwards, I was broke. What? Like, I just figured it out. I was on Spirit Airlines. I had, you know, I was, in, I was staying with my cousins. Like, I wasn't in a fancy hotel. I was using the money I had from like the side jobs and hustles to just pour into making good content. From, from my backpacking around Africa, I, I learned that uh, Jollof is actually Senegalese, right? Hey, the origin, okay, the origin is there. Between Quebec, there is something called the Poutine Wars. What was it like having Justin Trudeau up in Scarborough? <laughs> <laughs> Fun. Yeah. It was nice, yeah. How did that happen? How did that come about? His team reached out to me. Wow. Yeah. That's fire. Hello and welcome. Hustle for Everything podcast. This is the podcast where we receive stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today we have a returning guest. It's a return of the Mac. That's what I'm thinking <laughs> right now. Return <laughs> of the Mac. Hey. <laughs> Most definitely. You know, we have the black foodie herself. We have Eden Hagos in the building. And it's Swagos. <laughs> Swagos. <laughs> My OG name, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You threw that back. Yeah. How you doing? Welcome back to the show. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. It's so great to be back. Most yes. definitely. Yeah. You know, we have to make sure you're taking care of it. We have the cookies for you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Um, and every, the black and pepper, salt and nuts. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yep. okay. Very nice. Most yeah. definitely, yo. But we have to get straight into it. Mm-hmm. What was it like having Justin Trudeau up in Scarborough? <laughs> fun it was nice yeah how did that happen how did that come about Mm -hmm. his team reached out to me wow yeah that's fire that's insane talk about that yeah what like what led up to all those events to like him to come to scarbs that's a great question um so i think he was already coming to scarborough for junior carnival Mm -hmm. he goes to that pretty often i think and um they had reached out to me because they wanted to showcase black foodie and take him on an experience and I was like yeah let's do a food tour which is very hard to coordinate with like a world leader so we stuck to one location in Scarborough a great location twist catering uh, chef Latoya's spot and got to have a whole carnival feast and talk about Caribbean food and culture in celebration of carnival yeah. so it was, it was really dope what was the security like sorry to cut you out yeah, no problem yeah. um they were there there was definitely RCMP and like there was dogs sniffing the place really? and uh yeah yeah and, and for those like i know since we recorded our last episode that was like 2020 april mm-hmm. um for the new audience members who haven't listened to the episode yet can you give them like a synopsis of who you are what you do and what got you into that space yep so my name's Eden Hagos, of course used to be Swagos, which is <laughs> not my name, but that was my nickname and it stuck. Um, and I started Black Foodie in 2015 mm-hmm. um, after experiencing racism while eating out for my birthday. And that experience really changed me. It upset me. And I thought, why am I not going to Black-owned restaurants? Why had I not even considered celebrating my birthday at a Black-owned restaurant? So that question stuck with me. And it was particularly like, just it was just running in my mind quite a bit because my family actually owned a restaurant when I was a kid, um, an Ethiopian restaurant in the 90s. And I thought, I of all people should be supporting yep. black restaurants. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, and like my friends are not, mm-hmm. there's something wrong here. We need mm-hmm. to change this. And so I started sharing content online. First, as a Facebook status. I don't know if you guys remember statuses, yes. <laughs> right? Yep. And then just... Um, Those are the original I, tweets. The original tweets, exactly. And then just, you know, building a community on Instagram and Facebook and grew to other platforms um, and hosting events. And essentially it grew into community. Now it's almost, it's over 400,000 people. So Mm -hmm. close to half a million people that are a part of the Black Foodie community who love food and want to discover amazing restaurants. They want to discover the history behind their favorite foods. They want to see how we're connected as the African diaspora. And that's some of like the cool work that I get to do now. So it started just as a passion. You just wanted to highlight. It wasn't, there was no business case behind it. 
Well, I knew that there was a business opportunity there. Yeah. I didn't understand how to make it happen though. Mm-hmm. I, at that time, there were platforms like Travel Noir and Blavity and um, something else called like No Madness Travel Tribe. So I was like not a blogger myself, mm-hmm. or but I definitely consumed a lot of this content and I would attend events and yeah. I was like really inspired by them. So I knew that there was a, you could build a business around creating community mm-hmm. um, and that there was a need with our community for mm-hmm. sure. So just start like part-time hustle, just going to these different restaurants and exactly just one thing after other people just gravitated towards your content and it just took off. Yeah. I think the reason it took off was like people were hungry for it. Everybody has to eat everybody, you know, and most people that I meet love food. And unfortunately, especially at that time, our food was not being displayed. I remember one of the first things I did was I had a photo shoot. Um, and I just like invited a bunch of people (laughs) and said, I want to represent our food. I hired, um, just my friends to like help me shoot. And I got Nigerian food, Ethiopian food, Jamaican food, like whatever food I could think of. Cause I wanted to show black people having fun eating food. Cause I couldn't find photos like that. Um, and that's so crazy now. Like it's, you know, 2023, but like, yeah, in 2015, I literally was like Googling black hands with food and not finding images. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's interesting too? I think part of it is when I was in school, like my mom would pack me like a hot lunch, right? Mm. So I have like uh skooma in there, which is like cabbage mixed with carrots and peas and everything and rice. And when you open it in a hot flask, the aroma just fills the entire room. Yeah. Right? So you have all these kids going, Oh my God, Owen, what is that? that that's it, It's like, it smells. So me and this other, uh, other Indian kid would have like this similar lunch. Mm. So I think when, I can speak for myself, I think when you grow up, you're not really prioritizing going out to eat your own type of food at a restaurant because mm-hmm. it's like a cultural thing that you actually enjoy just having inside your house. And when you go out, like, I also think the branding and the community building behind black food isn't as prominent as mm-hmm. maybe Italian. Like they have pizza. Like what do black people have? I think Caribbeans have jerk chicken and everything. Like we know that is like culturally black, but um, Ethiopia, you've got injera, right? Mm-hmm. You've got everything. Don't know what's yeah. Nairobi. Like what do we have that's commercialized? Nothing, right? So, well, I mean, if you go back home, you have like yeah. Kigali. I mean, I I definitely think right now there's a change where there's people taking like African superfoods, ingredients, sauces, spices. Like okay. it's starting. I I do see it starting to come out, but I do agree with you in that we didn't have the representation, the representation. in traditional food media exactly. for sure. Yeah. So you weren't going to see Injera on Food Network mm-hmm. or Ugali or mm-hmm. even maybe a little bit of jerk chicken, but it probably was not the right version of it, you know? <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um, there was definitely a gap, I think. You know? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So as we were growing the community, what was some of the things you were noticing that let you know I'm on the right path? Uh, I remember the first thing, that, which is, <laughs> I made a t-shirt as a black foodie. Okay. And this is 2015. I hosted a brunch in Washington, DC. And at that time, like DC is a very black city, right? So there's lots of brunch parties, any Saturday or Sunday, you're going to see like everybody dressed up nice, ready to eat and also party at the same time. And I was wearing this shirt and people kept stopping me being like, Oh my God, I love that. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie too. And so I was like, Oh, maybe I can sell these shirts, but also, people, you know, it resonated with them because they also loved food and they wanted to like represent. So that definitely um, showed me something. And I I started having like little pop-up events, Mm -hmm. which were really just um, fun ways for me to get information from people for free, like focus groups. (laughs) And I did it everywhere I went. And, you know, I traveled quite a bit. So I was like in Atlanta or in DC or in Toronto. And even though I was in very different cities, there was this same desire for connection and um, learning around their food Um, and also kind of like a guide to certain foods because, you know, you might know a lot about Ugali and I know a lot about Dora Wet, but... You just called Dora Wet. Huh? You just said Dora Wet. Dora Wet, yeah. 
Is it because all all the time I've been saying Dodo Woods? What? what yeah, both both are. Is this is both yeah. correct. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So plantain, 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 plantain. Yeah, it's like that. Beef? I think it's like that. I mean, mm. I don't speak Amharic very well, so I can't really tell you the exact <laughs> way to say it, but that's how I say it. Uh, and um, I, I just saw that people had curiosity, but they needed a guide, mm. you know, and I wanted to fill that gap. So yeah. how are you doing it with, so you're going to Atlanta, you're going to DC. Um, do you have a job at this point? Like how are you finding time to go all, all these different places? And yeah. this is just as a passion project. You're just documenting. How did you find the resources to be doing all this at the time? It's very early stages. So originally I was in this like fellowship program called Studio Y and they were paying us a little bit of money each mm-hmm. month. So I had some time to actually like think and be creative without having to worry about big bills um but then afterwards i was broke what like i just figured it out i was on spirit airlines i had you know i was i was staying with my cousins like i wasn't in a fancy hotel um i was using the money i had from like the side jobs and hustles to just pour into making good content so i i I will say at that time i wasn't very strategic in how i was getting money and using it i was just going with the flow yeah i was yeah oh man yeah good for you like oh <laughs> those early I think stages could be rough yeah it was rough broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that's like the yeah. trough of sorrows for most entrepreneurs mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying which is very interesting because when all the entrepreneurs in that stage are usually by themselves like solo dolo in the city staying you know yeah to the to themselves so um whereas with you you were more so traveling around which is not only a way to entertain yourself and keep yourself motivated but also a good way to grow mm-hmm. you know like how was that um networking opportunities that you found in different cities did you find it as like a strategic way or talk to me about that i think a lot of it happened naturally i knew that i wanted to connect with black chefs so any type of like food festival or event that i knew was going to gather a lot of black people and mm-hmm. have a f- culinary element i went to it so there was like this like caribbean food festival in montreal and i went and was like i'm gonna record content and then mm-hmm. essence festival in um new orleans um i met several awesome black chefs that were like really killing it in their spaces um and then just like hitting up people on instagram in the dms and saying hey I'd love to like shoot in your kitchen. <laughs> Are you down? Mm. And they, they said yes. And so um, I just got fortunate in that people were like cool with me, even though I had like 200 followers, you know, <laughs> I yeah. didn't have a lot Especially of people as a following. content business, like yeah. when do you see the return on investment? Like all these flights, all these travels, documenting. Yeah. You know, how do you plan for, okay, I'm going to get a deal at this point? Because mm. you're very early on. Oh yeah. So the, the other thing was I started like, offering like social media services to people. So I was like, oh, I got good at like creating content and being crafty. So then I just started offering those services to like small business owners. Mm -hmm. And that's how I paid, barely paid bills. Um, And then I, it was tough because I was like, how am I going to make this work? And then I think I remember maybe 2018, 2019, I thought, okay, now I have a sizable audience now. And like travel is such a... sizable to you at that point? I... I think maybe over like 30,000 or something, possibly more. Um, But I knew it was enough to like where people were buying things based off of like recommendations I was making. And um, travel was such a big part of what I was doing. And I thought, okay, let me pitch to, you know, destinations. And I think that's like what really opened the door. And the other thing that I should mention was like, I was hosting events. I was getting like a lot of like traditional media opportunities that I don't think a lot of other food content creators um, could access. Um, But it was difficult in Canada to get brand buy-in. Like I was definitely something, what I was doing, which was called black foodie, was not very appealing Mm -hmm. to people. They were like, this is too political. This is too black. This is too whatever. And um, so it was really tough. I remember thinking like, I can't make it here. I got to leave. Yeah. And then, and things changed. Um, 2020, the world changed. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. All right. So when you were pitching these brands, did you have a strategy of reaching out? Like, let's talk about yeah. the ways, because all of our entrepreneurs, they want to get that PR, right? Mm-hmm. And you have been a media darling for, for better better words. Talk to us about that strategy, because that's a, a little hidden gem in there. Um, yeah. So I think 
being interesting is a strategy. I don't know if that was my strategy, but that definitely helped because mm. I was doing something that was different at that time. Um, and also like having fun conversations around food in ways that traditional outlets were not having. So um, with Black Foodie, I always had events, uh, whether it was like in Jar and Chill or Doubles Wrist Patties. Mm. Um, that Joel off wars. Yeah. And that like got the attention of like local journalists. So I would be on like, you know, morning television or CBC and things. And I think that helped to like also grow a community online. Um, and when I did get those things, I made sure to keep in touch with people. So the next time I was having something, I was top of mind and it was, um, easier to get, um, coverage. Um, I, I think like, at that time, I don't think I had like a specific strategy. I think though afterwards I realized, oh, this is really helpful <laughs> in like promoting this event and also like um, pushing this conversation that I think a lot more people should know about, like African foods, Caribbean foods. Um, and then I could pitch. So I knew, okay, let's say now like Carabana just passed mm -hmm. our Toronto Caribbean Carnival. Um, this is an excellent time to be pitching Caribbean food content. You know, there are tons of tourists coming into the city. Maybe uh, it's a great time to pitch a guide, you know, the top Caribbean restaurants to check out when you're in Toronto or maybe some, you know, snack foods to try. So like really trying to like um, keep your pitches um, compelling and also like relevant. Timely. Timely. Yes. Ah, that's a big yeah. gem. That's a big gem. Yeah. So... I, for food, I think it's a big one around Caravana. And then you can probably like finesse around Father's Day where they go for like brunch and stuff like that. Yeah. But for like other entrepreneurs, like how could they leverage it if they're not in the food niche? Could they do like calendar events or something like that? Like, calendar events? Yeah. Okay. I think maybe just like I would encourage them to think about what their desired outcome is. So mm -hmm. if it's to establish yourself as, um, let's say you, you want to be a thought leader in marketing using social media to promote your business. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, you know, it's summertime and you're going to talk to entrepreneurs about how to like refresh their social media pages this summer and, mm -hmm. and get new customers in who are visiting the city from out of town. You know, like you could still pitch yourself as an expert and figure out how to make it timely, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but like think of ways things that are helpful, essentially. Mm -hmm. If it yeah. sounds boring to you, it's probably boring to them. So like, <laughs> keep, it, keep it interesting, keep it fresh, you know? Yeah, yeah. you know what yeah. person was saying is that, there, um, I forget who it was, but um, someone was saying they would use the calendar events. So you know how they have like days of the of the week and mm -hmm. days of the month, like today's National Donut Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that And they'll like match that day to their brand mm -hmm. to try and make something that's marketable, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, Yes, and sometimes I'm like, this is a, this is corny. It's a little forced. This is corny. It's like, yeah. like it's National Coffee Table Month, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's celebrate the big, the best coffee tables. And it's like, yeah, like like you're pushing it here, you're pushing it. Yeah. yeah, listen, this this sell me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You want it to be relevant to you too. Yeah, of course. yeah. yeah. It's, it's a balance. It's a, it's it a is a balance. balance. You got to find that fine balance. But mm -hmm. I think that's so. Um, that's a really big gem. You know. Figuring out a timely, relevant way to match people. One of the things we started doing is um, doing like um, content waves. So like some of the questions we would ask um, would help us uh, figure out what's trending or what has a content wave. So mm. for example, one of our most popular clips on YouTube was us talking about Kauai. Um, and because Kauai left Toronto, there's always a small current of, of that trending topic of was Kawhi leaving Toronto a, a good move? And what happened? Mm. What could have happened if he stayed? What could have happened if he stayed? So yeah. we asked that to an NBA player. Mm -hmm. And so that his answer, of course, people want to see that because he's an NBA player, right? Mm. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing, something to think about for um, entrepreneurs out there that are trying to market themselves. Like what co current or what relevant topic is, is happening that they can leverage for their business, mm -hmm. you know? But I'm um, going back to you though, you know, was there a moment where a brand had to believe in you and, that was like the inflection point of you closing brand deals. Like a turning point, you know? Yeah, because basically, because you said you were doing mm -hmm. social media marketing at one point. Oh, yeah. And then turned it internally to starting to pitch brands. Right? Yeah. I think definitely I want to shout out, like there was black-owned businesses that invested mm -hmm. in me first. So mm -hmm. Invested. That, or did not... Okay, maybe not invested as like okay. a traditional investor, but like um, took a chance, on took me. a chance on yes. me, and like you know, uh, 
hired me out to like promote their their business or their their food products um so that was definitely like helpful and i think definitely tourism was where i saw a turning point where i was already doing these things there was already a market for it mm-hmm. on my social media platforms and um pitching it to dis- different destinations so like i remember um doing a partnership with visit jamaica for patty day and creating content that was like about the history of the patty wars in toronto which is actually really interesting and and going around the city and showcasing this and i've worked with them several times since then to promote um the uh jamaican patty day here in toronto or um working a lot within canada like i produced a series throughout canada with destination um canada destination Ontario there's a destination for everything okay and uh, like I got to do um one of my most fun projects was actually in Brampton creating a guide to Brampton um and then like doing it in other parts of the U.S. as well so um Oakland is like one of my favorite places and I actually moved there temporarily um so I worked with the city of Oakland to create a really dope guide and with California so just um a lot of different taking the things that were working and packaging them again and saying, Hey, this worked really well in Canada. I think this would work great in California and building off of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you're building, I'm like curious because you're creating black foodie. Yeah. Were there other black women who had maybe like gone to where you wanted to be? Like when you look at your vision, okay, look, they have such a big platform. They're doing something similar with food. Who are those people who like showed you what's possible? to come Mm. right because black foodie is like original Mm -hmm. but their black food their black food content creators may be somewhere in nigeria Mm. kenya right you're seeing them they're doing it there but the canadian market is missing something like this because we're like a a hodgepodge of different cultures like who was that for you if you did have one or were you just thinking man there's no one that exists like me i'm gonna go and make it happen Oh, no, there's definitely people that were doing amazing things within the black food space. Like I'm not like, but I think I um, was definitely like an early early adopter adopter in terms of using social media Mm -hmm. to do this and do it in a way where I'm not the most viral recipe content creator. You know, I'm not going to teach you how to cook everything or um, do some of these things that are like very catchy on the internet but i was going to restaurants and talking to people and saying why'd you start and can you tell me about this dish and showing this content um going to east africa and being like this is how you make injera or like have you heard of this traditional plants that that's like has healing properties and that i think was really compelling yeah. And um, I think that was able to get me to grow an audience. But yeah, there's definitely people. Um, there's an author, I believe her name is like Jessica V. Harris. She was doing this back in the day. Like the show on Netflix but is she based just on didn't her. Have like social or anything to. No, to this is out. like 40 years ago. 40 <laughs> like so, years. yeah, this was a long time ago. So she was. She worked. Um, actually, let me make sure I got the date right because I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> but but she's an OG. She was writing um, black cookbooks mm-hmm. many years ago. Like. And um, she definitely paved the way for many women, black women in food. And there were lots of like really great content creators in the U.S. as well that I connected with that were very inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So like ever since your rise to prominence within the black food space, have you seen other people locally like start doing what you're doing? They're like, oh, I'm inspired by by Edin. I want to start doing black food content as well Um, because you like came up and you like took over. Um, have you seen other people like coming after you and like, hey, let's collaborate. I like what you're doing. Let's form a team. How's that process been like ever since you became like the face of uh, food content creation for the black community here in Toronto and, and the States? Thank you. Um, I think there's many faces and there's tons of really dope black food creators that are from Toronto. Toronto mm-hmm. is a diversity. So there's a lot. Um, and there i am fans of their work i learned how to cook different west african food and stuff um so i i think that black foodie definitely um paved the way for people to like talk about their culture yeah Yeah. but i think they they already had the talent it already existed and like now the social media platforms change so you've got platforms like tiktok where you Mm -hmm. can like grow so quickly um but yeah i there's a lot of really dope black food content creators in toronto and i 
every time I come here, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you like competing? Competing? Yeah, yeah. Like, no. Like, you don't like competing? No, because I don't. Be number one. I don't think that I need to compete because I think there's space for everybody. Okay. There's only one Eden Hagos. Actually, there's many Eden Hagos because it's a common name. But there's only one me doing what I'm doing, yes. <laughs> the way that I'm doing it. And so I think people that are coming to me can also really enjoy other creators' content. Has someone ever bit your style? Um, no. No, never? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> like the way you edit content. You know, I'm just like trying to like. No, I don't, I don't think that's what makes my content unique, actually. I don't, it's not like I'm like doing all sorts of tricks with my phone or whatever. I think people actually like come to watch this content because they're really interested in the stories that we tell. Yeah. 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 I completely agree. Um, we're going to take a, a quick break to get some drinks in us. Okay. And come back into it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So we're here with drinks by Nika. You know what I'm saying? You want to give her opportunity to make some drinks for us. You know, we got the black foodie in the building. So Nika, can you, can you introduce yourself to the company? Hi, I'm drinks by Nika, AKA Tanika Bennett. I'm the owner of drinks by Nika and an international mixologist. I run an event bartending company and we do beverage consulting as well. So if you have private events, corporate events, you need signature drinks, signature cocktail stations, mixology classes, you name it. We're your, we're your people. Okay. Most definitely. So we're working with Narai, one of the only black-owned wine companies in Canada. Uh, what do you do when you hold this bottle? You gotta grab the Narai. You gotta grab the Narai, baby. Grab the Narai. Grab the Narai. As well to that, we're working with Lignum Honey. Shout out to Ken. So Lignum Honey is Jamaican honey, raw honey, sourced from Jamaica. This is the coffee blossom honey, and a little bit about it. It's actually um, sourced from bees that are using the coffee um, plant. So it's, it has a little bit of coffee in it. It's like a little, little floral singer. note. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it has a little extra wolf in it, and it's amazing. So I highly suggest that's lignum honey. Go check them out. Awesome. So we let you do your thing. All right. You know what I'm saying? Show us what you do. What's on the menu today, Nika? Yeah, so talk today to us. we are making the black and uplifted. Okay. It's somewhat like a white sangria. We are mm -hmm. using, you know, the coffee blossom honey, which has those earthy caramel floral notes, okay. which pairs really well with the peach. So we have some pieces, some peach pieces chopped up here that we're going to also add to our sangria, along with strawberry, raspberries, a little bit of lemon, and then some lime juice, some peach naps and some orange liqueur to really round it out. So everything is built to bring out an uh, uplifting of flavors from the fruits. There you have it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Awesome, awesome, so awesome. So we're going to start by adding some of the fruit into this. Okay. We are going to add some of the honey. So for the honey, we're adding um, half a cup. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. actually made some with lignum honey and it's very good. So now I'm going to add a quarter cup of fresh um, lime juice. Okay. Okay. So why quarter cup? Because we're trying to balance out the cocktail and not have it too much on like the sour notes. And then you have like, you know, the tannins in the wine. So that's going to really round it out. Quarter Just cup of peach snaps. Okay. Now we're adding a quarter cup of um, triple sec. You can use triple sec. You can use, you know, um, Cointreau, which mm -hmm. is like an orange liqueur. Some people use brandy. Totally up to your preference. Okay. Lastly, we are going to dump in the whole 750 ml of our... Narai. There you go. You just grab the ball and you... Yeah, I've been pronouncing it wrong this whole time. So I'm glad you said it. Yeah, Narai. Narai. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just going to go ahead, give this a nice stir. I smell it already. Let's go. Are you excited? Oh <laughs> I'm salivating already. I'm not a big drinker, but to smell this and see all the fresh fruit and everything, mm -hmm. I'm excited. We're gonna put some ice. All right, so let me ask you something. What city, when, when you go to my, all right, I know this one is one of the top ones. Like, when you are looking at where I wanna travel for food, what really comes top of mind for you? Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I mean, Toronto, of course. Toronto, okay. because that's, you know, that's also been home for a long time. Toronto has amazing food. Mm -hmm. But if it's in the US, no, no, I'm gonna say the UK. Really? Princeton, London, Ooh. London, UK, because when you go there, there's such a huge Caribbean and West African community, mm -hmm. and they have such dope, cool, creative businesses there. So mm. I think, especially if you are from Toronto, you're gonna love 
the UK. You're gonna love London. Mm. Oh, this looks so pretty. Right? Oh, wow, UK food. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. Have you been to um, New Orleans? And, of course. Like, you you went for right? Essence Fest, right? Yeah, I actually got to host the you first to host, uh, eh? food and wine festival okay. that they had last year. Ba, ba, ba. It was really fun. And how's yeah. the food there? Like, I heard it's like um, insane. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. No stretchy pants. Like, you, just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta be ready. <laughs> Did you try anything like off the beaten path? Like, you know, they do alligator, they do frog legs. I know, right. No, I just had like the oysters, which are typical, I guess. I okay. didn't I didn't have the alligator. I think I had alligator outside of New Orleans, actually. Mm. And uh, it wasn't memorable. So I, I definitely gotta go back and try it there. So okay. what, what food yeah. was memorable that's like off the beaten? Like, I didn't think I would like that. I actually have one for myself. I'm curious to know what your years is. Um... Okay, so one of the more interesting places that I went to, this was in Montreal. It was okay. a restaurant called Aquaba, and it was one of my favorites. The chef was from Thank Ivory Coast, okay. but he lived for a long time in Greece. Mm -hmm. So he mixed West African and Greek flavors, and it was so good. Like I was like, I never thought I was going to have Greek-West African fusion or enjoy it, but it was like the most unique combination, and it was so good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Crazy combo. So uh, we're toasting now. Yes. To uh, Black and Uplifted. Is it Thank Black you. and Uplifted? <laughs> shout to uh, to Eden. Shout to Narai. Shout to Lignum. Shout to Ken. And last week, shout to Drinks by, by Nika. Thank you. Let's go. Cheers. Cheers. Let's go. Cheers. Salute. Like that. Mmm. 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 You Ooh. taste that honey? Yo, yeah, really I do. Good. Yo. Glad you like it. This is actually really good. It is really good. Can we keep drinking? All we this? need now is some mm. sun. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. This is this sun? is a beach drink. This is definitely sure. a beach beverage. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, I'm definitely. I gotta get this honey. Yeah, I gotta get this wine. I gotta okay. And the you thing about it, I will write the recipe. Okay. I'll share the recipe. A lot of people yeah. don't know. Like a lot of people use simple syrups in their cocktails. Yeah. Honey is a great alternative as well. So yeah. if you're ever looking to you know change things up, and they have a spicy um, honey as well. You yes. know what I tried with this stuff too? Um, his honey with pizza. Mm -hmm. okay, you put it on top. Mm. It's very good. Mm. I'm somebody who likes honey on my pizza. So. Likewise, yeah. Especially like with the sausage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Hot honey. Hot honey. Hot honey. Hot honey is that. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Awesome. Mm -hmm. So let's go sit down and continue the conversation. Yes, with hey. our black and uplifting. Yes, yes. <laughs> hey. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Lather. Lather is a men's grooming line focused on using natural ingredients along with their invincible line. I highly suggest it. It makes you smell damn good yo owen tell them about the body oil man the body oil if you're going out this summer the last thing you want to be is ashy let me tell you that the body oil is dangerous it's a mixture of nice lotion with oil in it and a touch of fragrance it's like the complete perfect formula that you need to have an amazing summer fall winter whatever season it is grab that body oil you're not going to be disappointed and they also have other products too. Mm -hmm. Yep, they got um, deodorant without any aluminum or parabens. So they're made with natural ingredients, you know what I'm saying? So it really helps your body out. You can smell good, feel good. The beard oil is good too. My favorite is the, um, the mahogany. That one is, and the black cherry too, the, the, the soap. Cherry, yes. The soap, yo, the soap goes crazy. Man, that soap is definitely lathering for sure. Most definitely. So the podcast is brought to you by Lather. That is L-A-T-H-R.com. That is L-A-T-H-R.com. Let's get back into the show. You know what? I have had some, like, I think just like any content creator, there's there are, like, just messages that seem like they're fake. Hmm. Right? So, um... That definitely happens. I think what actually happens more is it's not necessarily the brand that's like different. It's the fact that they're like, hey, can you do all of this work for us for free? Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it, it's like like major brands sometimes that do that. So that I think is the most surprising really? um, thing that will happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I know that like maybe a smaller creator, somebody who's just looking to start out would would be interested in it. But like really look at the terms because they're they're wanting to have i recently got a request where they wanted me to be a part of an ad campaign and like they were going to use my image and mm. photos and like a like in a major campaign and yeah. 
that's where I'm like, mm -mm, you got to make sure you have a lawyer. <laughs> this is not this is not a good offer. Wow. So have you ever gotten taken advantage of by a brand where they tried to like use usage rights or something like that on you? Like, how's that been? Um, I feel like I've definitely signed up for things that were not like Favorable. the best deals. Yeah, especially at the beginning. But I think now like I have a lawyer who reviews things and mm -hmm. I definitely I'm also at the stage where like I've got a huge community. I know my stuff work, like is compelling. It makes an impact. It it leads to sales. People book trips based off of, you know, mm. the things that I share. So I don't accept foolishness mm. anymore. Do you, do you no. have someone that reviews like the things that comes in now, and they know okay this is this is Eden. This is on brand for her. This is not, and you trust their judgment. Um. Yes, I do. I it's. I actually talked to, I have a strategist that I've hired out um, like part time. And so I speak with her about like the deals that are coming in. But I recently um, got a talent manager. So I'm really excited to now have somebody who's like really looking at the um, like the journey, like where where do you want to go next and how does this fit in? You yeah. know, yeah. yeah. Talk more about that. Like, how do you carve out a strategy? Because you have big goals yeah. to grow Black Foodie to be. Um, someone who's in the mainstream one day, mm -hmm. what does that look like step by step for you? So 2023 is about to come to a wrap. You got yeah. 2024, 2025, like big picture. Like how do you approach each year, year by year to like elevate your growth and touch new markets? Um, I think in the past I was just going step by step. Like really mm -hmm. I was like, how do I make it? <laughs> you know? And now I feel like I'm like, how do I scale this impact? How do I make this better how do i take this to the next level and i don't always have the answer to it but i do seek out advice mm -hmm. and then i think about like okay what is it that i'm truly passionate about and also what is it that people are gravitating towards i know for a fact like close to eight million people watched me learn how to make fufu you yes. know like people want and that's because people want to know they mm -hmm. want to know what is it like in Ghana to make fufu from mm -hmm. scratch like what mm -hmm. or they want to know why there are st different stereotypes about black people in the way that they drink wine like there's there's that kind of content has gone viral on mm -hmm. black foodie and so that also like informs like okay this means to me people are looking to have this conversation how can I spark more conversations how yeah. can I teach people through this content and how can i also encourage them and give them the tools to travel to these really dope places too mm -hmm. and help them feel empowered like i will give an example i got an opportunity to host a master class in nigeria and the first thing i got when i told everybody was like don't go you're gonna get kidnapped right <laughs> wow. like they, oh my god everybody was scaring me uh like nigerians were scaring me <laughs> but i'm so glad i went to nigeria i had an incredible experience it was an amazing food festival it was like one of the best black food events i've ever been to of course and it was on the continent exactly and i'm glad i didn't listen to mm -hmm. the other people's advice and i would absolutely encourage other people to go there and i'm so glad i went to like and traveled you know throughout a bit of west africa so I think like with Black Foodie, I definitely want to challenge like some mm -hmm. of like the misconceptions or um, things that don't tell the full story. So, so you would know? you say, is it more like, are you trying to go deeper or are you trying to go wider? Mm. Right. Because like right yeah. now, like you've gone deep, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you entrenched within the community. Mm -hmm. So like what does wider look like for you? Right. And still maintaining that depth because some people have a challenge of going wider but they lose that depth and it becomes more surface level. It's just like, okay, let me just get as many eyeballs as I can. Mm. And sometimes you can get lost in the sauce just to try and go wider. So how do you maintain that balance? Um, staying true to the vision, staying mm. true to the purpose and the mission. It's always been about celebrating black food culture, about celebrating these restaurants, about digging a bit deeper. So um, maintain, they, they, when I look at content, I think there, it can serve many different purposes. Yeah. I do think that you can make a video that just gets a wider audience. You know, like maybe it's like, oh, there's this viral trend and I'm going to add an African touch to it or something like that. But then there's like the things that go deeper, like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to talk to a sommelier about what it's like being black in the wine industry. And people still resonate with that, too. You know, mm -hmm. so I think they're like you don't necessarily have to choose okay. all the time. That's yeah. my answer. 
Hmm. Yeah. So we have a lot of ways to go with this, man. Because mm-hmm. over the last three since we last chat, you've done a lot. You know, um, I just want to ask you this. What would you like to talk about that you don't get asked about regularly? Hmm. Oh, I would love to talk to you about the journey of... So, like, people are like, oh, you must, like, eat a lot of great food. And I do. But I also meet a lot of interesting people. Like, mm-hmm. the people that work at restaurants, the people that are cooking your food have such interesting stories. Mm. How they came to the, this country, how they started their business, the hustle, the the, the challenges. Um, like, I have sat down with some of, like, the most interesting people ever. And I think that's something that I want to tell more of because I was doing this like with my phone, you know, on my own. And now I'm trying to, you know, expand and get a production team and a crew together and really dig a little bit deeper into their personal stories. So I think that's something people might not recognize. But like for me, one of the best parts about this is the fact that I get to like interview people and talk to them about their journeys. Who's one of your biggest standouts? Whew. There are many standouts. Um, hmm. Man, I can't remember his name. I wish I remembered his name. Oh man. But there's but he was the head sh- he was a chef at Alta restaurant in Los Angeles. It was a really dope uh black restaurant and he was in prison for several years and he was like the only thing I learned how to cook were drugs. Like he did not have the culinary background, but he learned and he took that passion and became like an amazing chef and um he was just so funny and interesting and i was like (laughs) the journey like to be able to to have this job now that like feeds people and like makes such a positive impact and like transform his life that was something that was really interesting and stuck with me Mm, that's a huge journey i think that's missing because you know i've worked in the restaurant business as well like over maybe fast food also like serving restaurants Mm -hmm. the chefs are always interesting Mm -hmm all the time like you'll be back there just like maybe picking up some like some tongs or whatever and they just start going off about how their grandma did this their kid did that and they're always good storytellers they are all the time yeah. so i'm like i think if you mix that infusion of personality of like behind the kitchen or something like that yes like call it something like that and then you yeah. know go behind the kitchen and talk to these people have like set questions i think that could be a good mini series from Thank city you, to city I know. I'm with you. I want to do that. I mm-hmm. The other thing I want to talk about, because you said, what's something you want to talk about, is um, a big blessing of mine with Black Foodie has been travel. And I grew up in Windsor. I went to like... Shout out to the Southwest. Shout out to the Southwest. Sarnia, exactly. man. You know Windsor. <laughs> yeah, Sarnia. I forgot. Yeah, both from border areas. So like, you know, I grew up in a very like white school. I was always looking for community. I was mm-hmm. like... like when I came to Toronto, I was stunned. I was saying hi to every East African and they were looking at me like, who are you? Like, (laughs) that's that's not what they do here. You know, there's so many of us. Um, But um, I've been able to see like, what does it mean to be black in these different spaces? Because it's very different being black in Toronto than it is being black in Atlanta, than it is being black in DC, than it is being black in Lagos, than it is being black in Ghana. Like, there's just like these different subcultures and like diaspora communities and the slang, the flavor, the music, the taste, the, the, the fashion, like all of this stuff like switches up and they're all like black foodies. Um, but you're going to get a different flavor. And that's the thing that I really want to like lean into because that's been like really fun and exciting to be like in Brixton and be like, yo, wait, I kind of understand that. Cause I learned, a, I know that this slang is in Toronto and cause it's like coming from Patois or like, oh, I'm in DC and there's so many Habisha people there and they're going to do things a little bit differently with their fried chicken. Like I love that getting to see how black culture evolves and shifts and changes, like Mm -hmm. uh, depending on where you visit. Yeah. 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 Honestly, you are so right about that. And one thing you said off camera, I'm not going to expose you, was that (laughs) Brixton has some of the best food of all the cities you've traveled to, which Mm -hmm. is like, that took me aback. I won't even lie Mm -hmm. to you. Break that down, because... I wouldn't just say Brixton, but just London in general. London in general. London in general definitely was... It was just an eye-opener, and it was, like, super cool, because there's, you know, big communities of um, 
uh, immigrants from West Africa, from the Caribbean, and especially with the Caribbean community, they've been there for generations. So mm. they've like established themselves and it that was like super cool. Or going to Paris and like, uh, when I went to um, Europe, I had just come from Ghana. So I went on this like little food tour and it literally felt like little Africa. I was like, am I mm -hmm. back in Ghana? Because I saw more people there wearing clothes like this than I did in Accra. So there was things like that that were like super surprising where I was like, man, people are like so proudly African and wearing their cultural clothes and speaking Wolof and doing all the stuff like that I didn't know existed because I didn't grow up there. Um, so that was super cool, like getting to just see how people represent their cultures in different spaces and places. Mm, so it's more like the, the surprise of it. Yeah, the Not surprise Not just the actual, because yeah. maybe if you, if you go to Lagos, you're like, all right, I'm in Nigeria. Yeah. I'm about to go have this food. So you're coming in with the, the expectations. The expectations is high. Yeah, it's yeah. high. Yeah. But you go to London, you're like, I'm in London. Like, Expecting some beans uh, and uh, yeah, fish yeah. and yeah. chips. Fish and chips and some, rain. Yeah. <laughs> some gloomy weather. I got you know the rain. I did get the rain. Yeah. But I definitely had others. I didn't even eat beans or uh you what know fish and, fish, and chips. Chips. fish and chips no i didn't have any of that yeah, yeah i haven't been to london but i've been to amsterdam and let me tell oh, you i was so underwhelmed with amsterdam mm. like it's bland very bland yeah mm. everything was bland no the seasoning the nothing steak was did you go to any black restaurants i had it you know i need to go to okay. some carousel restaurants <laughs> yeah. you know in amsterdam you know because i know amsterdam um is a thing of carousel yeah um so I, I didn't get a chance to i was there um in university on like a uh like a trip that was a university sponsor type of thing mm. so i didn't get a chance to really like explore explore mm -hmm. but from what i did have i was like these croquettes these ain't these ain't doing it for me this ain't <laughs> it this ain't it you know but london i feel this like toronto it's a melting pot a lot more than other cities like that you know mm. so with that you know because i know i had bad food what was your bad food experience my bad food experience. Okay. Um, I, I've been blessed in that. I've, I've eaten a lot of good food. Um, I don't know if it was bad food. It just wasn't my taste, right? So, so. Um, but very political. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to be real. Like, I'm not, I'm not the, the most um, adventurous, I guess I'd say. So, like, for me, I did try snail when mm. I was in Lagos. That's cargo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do it differently, though. It's not like French style. So it was like with the stew. But I think I just couldn't get into it. I just couldn't do it. Was so, it the, like the live one? It was It was cooked. Okay. It was like cooked. Uh, um, so was I think it, was that it chewy? It was incredibly chewy. It, so it like just tasted whatever you think it tasted like. It tasted like. And I wasn't, the, it wasn't so it, for me. It was like a hard swallow. Like it you, was hard. Yeah. It was hard. And then they offered you more and you're like, ah, I'm full. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, it was through like a friend. So like, I didn't feel like, you know, she was cool with like yeah. me not eating it. They, yeah. they knew. Um, but that was maybe like the one time where I was like, I don't know if I could do this one. Or, mm -hmm. I don't know. What about you, yeah. bro? What was one of your worst food experiences? Man, I... I mean, my worst food experiences, I think, came from back home. Like, mm. when I first moved to... When we built a house in Sarnia, and we barely had any food in the in the fridge. So, we had moved from Toronto to Sarnia, and we had taken, like, some of the old food. And I, I don't even think we had done groceries. I don't know what we were doing, but we're in the summer. My sisters and I are at home. It's just my mom. My dad's at work. And my mom decides to make us something, right? So, she goes to the fridge. She opens up. She's like, okay, this is all we got. She opens the cupboard. Okay, these are like the things I got to work with. So she gets to work in the kitchen. So my sisters and I are watching Passions and like some soaps, you know, like. That's, that's, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this is what you do in the summer. Like when you got nothing to do, you start watching soap operas. Fair, fair. Remember Days of Our Lives. Fair, yeah. Days fair, of Our yeah, Lives, yeah, soaps, yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my mom calls us up and we all sit at the, at the table, my sisters and I. So I got my little sister right here at the head of the table. Uh, Diana's in front of me and I'm right here. So the plate, she she made like some pasta and she like mixed every sauce like together. So this thing was like, okay, you got, I don't know for some reason, I don't know why she put ranch dressing in there. <laughs> she put like some some tomato sauce, ranch dressing, um, you name it. She, she just dashed it in there. She's trying to make something unique. 
So my sisters and I take a bite of this thing and I look <laughs> I look at my little sister and you know she's like very kind. She's like a little girl, right? So she doesn't want to tell my mom like, "Yo, this thing is not good." And I know my other sister Diana like when she doesn't like something, she starts like dwindling with the fork on the plate. And I'm right there trying to like eat it. I just can't do it. Like every time I put it in my mouth, I just can't swallow it because it's it's exactly the same thing. It's a hard swallow. Mm-hmm. So my sisters and I were at the table for like an hour and a half. And my mom was adamant, you are eating this thing. <laughs> so I go in the fridge and this is what I try to do. I try to take some Fanta just to like, every time I take a little scoop, I put some Fanta like I <laughs> to, wash it, to down. wash it down. So it's a smooth thing. So it got to a point like I just started feeling gassy and like I puked all over the thing. Oh. And the, when I puked, my other sister puked as well. Whoa! How did y'all both puke? We all puked, yo. Like that was like that was yeah. so tough. My mom was so pissed. She was just like, "You're eating that food. I don't care. Puke, whatever. You're finishing that." She felt so like I don't know what it was. Like she just felt insulted. But after like years later, we told like, "Yo, mom, remember that time where you made us?" That lunch, it was like a hot summer day. And then she just burst out laughing. And she was just like, I can't believe I did that to y'all. <laughs> Damn. But, yo, that was the worst eating experience I've ever had, man. Okay. Mine pale. <laughs> yeah, you win. <laughs> yeah. You win. Yeah. yeah. What about Damn. you, Al? <sighs> I hate I, I, I'm about to spoke myself. All right. So. Is this something you made, bro? Because if it is, man, that's like... Nah, it doesn't count. Oh, okay. I should have... Okay, I definitely have worse. Mm. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've definitely made things. Made I'm like, worse. oh, this is horrible, but it's only me. Yeah. So, so, so <laughs> it's only me. So, so I mean, it worked. Yeah, we bought that. That's we bought that. Bon Appetit, bro. It's all you. That's a fact. That's You've a fact. you seen that with those, like, two ladies? Bon Appetit. Bon appetit. <laughs> Word. So, uh, for this one... Um, I it's about 2015, and I'm at a young lady's house. Um, and Lord this Dateskies. is are you? Lord Dateskies. Lord, 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 well, you're gonna find out. Okay. So I'm at this young lady's lady's house. Um, and this is like when vlogs just started. We started watching vlogs together, you know, enjoying each other's company, and then all of a sudden, knock knock at the door. Her mom's home early. Mm. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is a surprise. I guess I'm meeting your mom. So, so you um, said that verbatim. Pardon me? You said that. Oh, I'm meeting your mom. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess I'm meeting your mom. <laughs> yeah. You know, skipping ahead, I meet the mom. And she said, oh, well, you're staying for dinner, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I am. I'm staying for dinner. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she made a plate of food. When I tell you. It, it was from her culture, and I don't want to expose what culture it is. I don't want to, you know, speak on any, bad on anybody's culture. Um, but it was a green pickle-like food, and it was like beans and rice. And I couldn't, I don't even know what it was. Like she said it was pork skin or pig skin. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it was <laughs> with, with, yeah. Pig skin. Pig skin uh, with beans and then like a green vegetable. I looked like a pickle. Like, but it was like very slimy, yeah, and rice. No, it wasn't okra. No, 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 bro. Don't disrespect, don't ever disrespect me again in your life. <laughs> it's pretty slimy though. Okra is delicious. Okra is delicious. Thank you, thank you. It's delicious. Got you, got yeah. you, got you, got you. No, it wasn't okra. If it looked, you know, um, the pickles at um like shawarma spots, mm-hmm. it looked like that. But you see how it's green and kind of slimy-ish? It looked like that, but I didn't know what it was. So she, I asked what it was, and she told me, but it was a long word, so I have no idea what it was. Very small, very, like, cute um, mother. So I'm like, if I, like, don't eat this food, first time meeting the mom, bro, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so I'm on the hook. So we're there sitting, eating, and I'm there trying to, like, starve it down, trying to figure out how am I going to do this. And I'm like, just like, all right, all right Alex, big gulp, bro. <laughs> You know, you know you gotta hold your, you gotta hold your breath. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you, gotta hold it, bro. you eat it. You can't smell it. <laughs> so so I so I just like all right all right. 
here it comes. And just <laughs> scarfed it down. But I, I only got like two more bites and I'm like, all right, I'm good. I tried to eat as much of each thing so it looked like I, I enjoyed enough of it. And sometimes you, you got to spread the food a little bit. So spread it looks, the food. Spread the food, You know bro. what I'm saying? So it doesn't seem like you're like, like you, dumping the entire thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Had to strategize, you know? Yeah. It's all about strategy. Yo, yo, yo. When you're throwing it out, did you fold your plate? Like you know, like <laughs> no, no, it was, it was a dish. It was thing. a dish. It's a dish. So I couldn't, I couldn't fold it. Yeah. I, I try, I try, I tried to be slick, but she was, was out on the table. So she went, she went to the kitchen. I was trying to like figure out, like I was like, all right, now's my chance. How am I going? <laughs> I go eat it. So, so yeah, it was that was a tough situation. That was probably my worst eating experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to have strategy. Yeah, strategy. Yeah. You have to have strategy. At a barbecue, like there was the the, the folding of the plate. That's mm-hmm. like oh. that's a big sign that that person did not enjoy your cooking. Well, it's one of two things: either they didn't enjoy it, or they really enjoyed it and they're taking it home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the, yeah. to the double fold. But it, but you know, but taking home like it's just another plate on top. Oh, you're but saying I'm when the, the, the plate is folded, folded yeah. That's when yeah. the food is they bad. turn it around. They, like, turn, they turn it around. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, turn it around in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. But, but, but speaking yeah. of strategy, though, mm-hmm. so so you hired a strategist, right? So so what has the strategist added? You know, and what can we learn from hiring a strategist? Um, definitely like um, a wider perspective, and challenging some like assumptions that I had. So like you know when you're just you're in your corner, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're you're focused. Sometimes it's easy to like just lock down and like keep your head down. So I think for me, it's been really helpful to like have somebody say, hey, let's let's like expand from here and let, let's look at like the big picture. How does this align with your vision? How does this align with the lifestyle that you want to live with how much you want to earn? So I think like those questions that are really like causing me to like really reflect have yeah. been really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yo. So... I'm curious, what are some of the perks about being black foodie? Oh, there's so many perks. Yes. What? Okay. Um, What's no, the biggest no. perk? Because pe- you, you get I, to I think- eat, you get to meet people. Like, how does it, how do you eclipse that over and over again? Do you get bored of that? No, I never get bored of it. I love, mm. I love meeting new people. That's the thing. It's, it's always, the thing that I love is like, um, my life looks different every week. Mm. Maybe I'm in a different city. I was making mood boards and talking to somebody who's creating the set to like make a vibe to host the prime minister of Canada, you know? And then the other week I was, you know, making banana pudding with my cousins Mm. for Fourth of July. And then the week before that, I was at a conference in LA, you know, to, to connect with other creators. So, and you know, connecting with cool Kenyan yes. <laughs> creators, actually, yeah. So, like, I love that, like, it it doesn't, it's not monotonous. Like, it's just, like, every time it's changing for me. Yeah. Um, I like that because I get bored very easily. Um, I will say, like, um, with restaurants and stuff, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm ready to eat at home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just want to eat, like... It's just, too perfect, know. too perfect of a meal. You're like, I just want something simple. Yeah, sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I want something very simple, um... And that's, I think, the one time where, like, it shifts. But um, because I love home-cooked food, too. And I like to cook. It's, like, Mm -hmm. therapeutic and fun. I listen Mm -hmm. to my music. artistry. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, um, has a restaurant ever offered you free food for life for content? For life? Yeah, like, at any time you come here, we got you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if they formally said that, but definitely there are places that have done that where they're just like, no, 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 we're not going to Anytime you come in, like, they just bless you with food. Yeah, or sometimes I don't. I don't even expect it, and then I'm like, no, take this money. Like, I'll go mm-hmm. get cash, like, and leave it on the table, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, you want to support the the business, yeah. especially if I'm just going as just as myself. Um, yeah, but it, that that has surprised me, where like the restaurant owners recognize me before I come in, and they're like, hey, and I'm like, oh wow, hey, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do they move tables for you? Like, these reservations are there. They're like, okay, <laughs> you're sitting down. <laughs> No, I haven't. I'm not. I'm not VIP like that yet. No, no. Right. And especially black restaurants, you're gonna, you're gonna, they're gonna treat you like family. So they're gonna yeah. say like, hey, hold off for a second. Okay, <laughs> word, word. Um, but generally, like I've I've gotten to meet like a lot of really cool people, mm-hmm. um, and I've had some really amazing travel experiences. Like, like just never would have thought that I'd have the opportunity to do that. Um, and that's I think what I really enjoy about it. It's yeah. 
it's very fun. So as we work towards wrapping up, where do you see the brand going in the future? Definitely going more global. So I want to see more of the diaspora. I want to be able to showcase more locations outside of North America. It's time to go to the Caribbean for sure. Hey. Time to go back to the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, I think you guys are going to see more in traditional media. So like a show, a book, um, products that are um, that help you on your journey as a black foodie. So that's definitely what I want to expand into. Mm. Mm-hmm. With that being said, this is what you can't control. So control your grind. I control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen Osinde. And I'm Eden Hagos. Thanks for having me. Bow, bow. Have a good week. Have a great week, everybody. Bow. <laughs> <laughs>